happiness isn't you do whatever you want. Like I want my kids to be happy. If I set no boundaries, no goals, no accountability, no reason, they're not happy. They're directionless. It's always like what is going to build happiness. You know what? The number one thing that your team want, it's not money. It's progression. You actually make them happier if you can help them progress. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. I do love my Asian Elvis. And, uh, <laughs> Asian and it's fun. This is going yeah. to be good. We're going to have a good time. By the way, welcome to the decision table. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I've, I've heard some of your previous guests. and Oh, my gosh. You know, so um, I think you're doing something really good here. And I think good on you for keep putting it out there. And it's excellent. Well, here's the thing. I think nothing's ever going to change if we don't do things differently. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Is that um, deep enough to start with? It's deep. I actually, I was actually just thinking about this because I put out a little, I'm doing these little snippets for radio and I was, it was a fascinating bit of research. 11 million inputs per second is what you get in your brain. You can only consciously process 40. So for the other is that, is that Is that because that's only because we've learned to do that or is that our capacity forever? Look, I think as far as I'm aware of it's a capacity because how you handle the other 10,900,000 inputs is through cognitive bias. Based on past experience, you just approach things a certain way like you're saying. And so the only way to change it is you've got to, you've got to change your conscious thought, which means you've got to change, have a conscious decision and a conscious conversation because otherwise what's going to happen every time you do it, you're going to react out of your habit so yeah this is why i think you know like you're saying having the conversations is the only way you're going to change behavior but it's not just listening you've got to have a conscious thought because whatever we talk about everyone's listening and their cognitive bias is firing right now okay mm. and so it doesn't matter what you say so you've got to hear something go, okay what is one thing that i can listen to that can maybe challenge my pre-way of thinking you know i think some of the i think if you've got the you know you've got the ears for it you will see it and, you know, just randomly something an old friend and said to me, which I've taken, which is cool, is that the opportunity of a lifetime passes by you every day. Do you have the eyes to see it, the hands to catch it and the heart to hold it? Hmm. And I can look back on some of my times and I go, you know what, there was a key thing we did in our business that was one of the reasons we, why we were attractive for purchase that I actually got from a, a restaurant owner. Okay. You know, and that translated to an IT business. So it was pretty crazy. Are you just going to open that loop and, and leave me stranded here on the other yeah, side? Yeah, I just thought, you know, I like keep people hanging on and then. Yeah, you know, no. But, I'd yeah. like to know more about that. Tell it's me. actually, it was Peter Gilmore, who's business partners with Matt Moran at Aria mm. Restaurant. And we were sitting down there and I was next to Peter. And we'll just talk. As you do, as you do, right? We, we, we had used their venue for some of our things. And so he was, he, I, we were just chatting business and it was really good. He, he was just saying how, look, we're a business on the single experience. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, think about it. Hmm. We're a high-end restaurant. So people come in with expectation. It's a special occasion. And yeah. if it's not good, they are never coming back again. Right, mm. so we've got a single experience to do it, and he they've he was just telling me about their best customers always all went through a disaster, and then they watched how you react from disaster. Wow! And, and then you know it got me when he said this. I went, actually, mm. you know what? My most loyal customers are the ones that we've had a disaster with. We've had a server crash, or you know, we've had something go wrong. And when it got pushed against the wall, they saw how you reacted. And I'm mm. sure that's with you. Your most loyal customers are the ones that when they were in dire straits, you went above and beyond contract and above and beyond the deal. And they went, 
Kiri Marie is the real deal. Like she's not only competent, she cares. And then yeah. they they advocate. They just go, she's awesome. And so the thing that he stuck, mm. he said, we're a restaurant business, we're a people business, and we kind of talked through that. And I went, you know what, that is really true. And, and we went back and, and we doubled down on that. We're not a tech company, we're a people business. And yeah. we changed the way of our engagement. We developed this thing called the Happy System that was we were a global finalist for with Microsoft. We presented over in Seattle. You know, for those guys that are watching this now, we, we sold our business in 2018. One of the things that I know that the acquirer is still using, and when I say acquirer, and this is just not just private, they've now got mm. venture capital funding. They're doing a roll-up to IPO. And one of their lead indicators is still the happy system that, that we developed. And Isn't that amazing? And yeah. so, you know what? The good guys win at the end. They don't always win early. But I think when we embarked on yeah. happiness, hey, and if you ask me what I'm most proud of, it's that. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's that piece. Oh, my gosh, Peter. So many things, so many questions I want to go down and, and, and start, you know, questioning behind it all. Like I, I think... One of the interesting pieces that you talk about is this whole happiness indicators, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have been working on, and I'm really excited the day we get to release this, is with a collaborative partner, and we're putting a piece of technology together to sort of look at indicators that are things that we think are way more important or just as important as mm -hmm. some of the KPIs that we would think in business are important like what you're saying with a happiness indicator. So if you think of mental health right now in organizations, it's skyrocketing, right? Mm. This because we are not just a person that turns up at work and leaves behind those mm. things that are going on in our lives yeah. or the stresses or anything else of that, right? But often, yeah. not often, in most cases, mm that happiness wouldn't have been an indicator as a KPI yeah. for uh, the company. So yeah. why did you think this was important? Because these are the things that we mm. want to make sure become important because you, yeah. we all know it, just like you've been saying, if we're not yeah. conscious about something, it doesn't become a priority. Yeah, yeah. With what you're saying, I can 100% say that initiative you're doing is the way of the future because I've lived both worlds. And, yeah, so I, I think with what you're doing, I'm super excited to see that development. The, the thing to say, it's not a warm and fuzzy. This no. Will, no. This will change your life. This will change your business. You will have more profit. You will work less. You're like, it, it's a piece. Now, how it started, so yeah. there's multiple influences, but one of them being at the end of one financial year, we're sitting with our board. We're reviewing, going through the our numbers and, we had done really well, but none of the partners were happy. We we're all doom and gloom around this boardroom table. Wow. And the board are going, what's your problem? Like, this is great. On paper, and this looks like, amazing. It's amazing. And then we were there going, what is our problem? Was it because we weren't Facebook? Was mm. it because we had a deluded sense of self-importance or reality and we wanted even more or impatience? And it was actually one of my partners. He, he just said, you know what, I just want to be happy and we said mm. we don't want to be rich and dead and it started naively but we said we wanted to pick happiness over profit yeah so we wrote, we wrote this down at a board meeting and it sounds all fantastic we had to make tough decisions we made decisions that on the PL looked detrimental yeah um and then, so like and then, what like what so one specific one, which was a big one, is back then we were running our own private cloud. So we ran our own data center. That took a that's a there's a lot of work to do that, and mm -hmm. it was causing a lot of pain to the organization. And we didn't think it was actually differentiated to our business. And so we migrated to public cloud and built a new solution around that. On the PL, we were going to lose money, right? Because you can measure compute, but it's hard to measure all the course correction and yeah. the problems and redoing things. Like that doesn't, when you do it wrong and someone's got to work back late till two in the morning and then they don't show up till the you know following afternoon at four. Yeah. Yeah. How do you measure all that human productivity? You can't see that in the PL. 
And what we found is the with one year later, the revenue grew 30%, which was amazing. The profit stayed the same, so that wasn't good, and that was mm, a hard year. Interesting. But the year after that and the year after that, we grew 30% revenue, we grew 30% profit. We were doing that type of double-digit growth on revenue and profit. Basically, we came up with a theme, which is apparently money doesn't make you happy, but we found happiness <laughs> money. And um, that, that's Interesting. Yeah, and this is a whole system. We ran, we totally changed how managed service help desks were run. Like you have all you, you know when you're talking about changing KPIs? Yeah. Let me tell you about a hard environment to KPI, help desk. It goes like this. How quickly did you pick up the phone? How yeah. long were you on the phone? How many tickets did you resolve? What's your mean time to, it's soulless. It's whip, whip, yes. whip. Yes. You know what you've got? Massive high staff turnover because yeah, every technician. Absolutely. They don't want to be there. They want to be doing the mm. high-end stuff. So we were having about, at one point in that department, a 60% staff turnover, okay? Ooh. Part of the happiness system we did, like at that stage, everyone goes, wow, your company's growing so fast. You're always placing ads. And I'm like, yeah, because we're always replacing people. Yeah. It wasn't Not growing. good. No. And then with the happiness system, we just measured one thing. We didn't care how long you spent on the phone with the customer. Just what happened is when that ticket got resolved, they got this email or a, a basically a button and it said, mm. hey, are you happy or are you sad? There was a green smiley face. There was red. It was deliberately binary. Wow. We didn't want to have a scale. We wanted mm -hmm. the to make a call. Either you're happy or you're not. If you're happy, you're happy. If you're not, say so. And then all we measured was our team's ability to deliver happiness. So if you walk into our office and yeah. big rooms, there was this big smiley face like this. Yes. I had a percentage number in the middle to say how many, what was your percentage happiness rating? Now, behind the scenes, we had all the usual metrics. We could see mm -hmm. the heat maps of who's closing tickets, who was slow, who was this, call recording, everything that a best practice help desk would do. But the only KPI that we had plastered on the wall was happiness. Your ability wow. changed what we did, you know, changes what you do. And like you say, I know you're massive on the human to human connection. Yeah. It did this. Imagine this. I'm a help desk guy and I go, hey man, I closed 20 tickets today. Okay. It doesn't really get you buzzing. But yeah. along when you did this system, you had the ability to just type in a comment. And when we would do our team huddle on the Monday where we got the whole team, if a customer wrote a happy report, we would read it out verbatim. And so wow. it's like we're coming in on Monday and it's like here's the leaderboard. AJ mm. smashed it out with 30 happy responses. He got five interactions. We're going to read them out to you. And it will be like this, you know, Bob from customer 123. AJ, I know you're a married man and I'm a married man, but man, if you were single, I would date you for sure. Thank you so much. Right? I think those types of statements. Guess what? If you don't do that, it's this. What did you do? I fixed a printer issue. Mm. I closed 20 tickets, but now it's this. Thank you so much. Because you did this, you fixed something that I tried to fix and I couldn't, and it meant this. And it's everything I know you're passionate about. It's human to human. Yeah. And I can't remember the author, but the new term is firms of endearment. Like people hmm. care about your values. People care that you care. And so let's be a firm of endearment. And the thing to say, the good guys win in the end. And no, they're, they're the models. So it's super. It's, but it's but there's fun. so much in what you're saying. And I just go, but this is so far from what the world normally does. It's yeah. so far from how it shows you should have growth. Why did you think that this was even okay, you and the guys, the company, when you were putting this yeah. in play? Like, yeah, I, I think just we were in pain and yeah. we just went, we've made enough money. So I'm, I'm being honest, like we, we didn't have this great heart for things. We were just over it. And we just said, you know what, I just want happy customers. So the pain, the pain was just... Customers 
didn't like that, didn't enjoy no. that, we don't like yeah. it enough. Yeah. yeah, and we and yep. we we went into it not thinking we were going to make more money. Hmm. We we went into it going we will slow down our profit. Yeah, but you know what? But we want we, the gain of happiness. Yeah, and we're not going to die of a All heart right. attack. Really, you know, and so that was it. And then yeah, like it took a bit of time to kind of turn it around. And as we've done that and done a bit more research, we've heard more things. You know, the famous book and you know Jim Collins, Good to Great, and in that time, we highlighted the best performing companies, right? So here we are 15 years later since the book got published and a lot of those companies he highlighted, they're not there anymore, right? They're folded. And yeah. so now they're going, okay, let's take Jim's data. What else has been added and what are the new companies of the future? And are you, if you Google firms of endearment, there's some new literature on that. It's in, Can't in a wait book. to. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. And we then it, it. it specifically talks about, companies with values win. And I also think some of this thinking on happiness, I think it's been there for a lot longer mm. than we think. I was chatting with the CEO of Paspali Pearls. He was previous, I mean, random, we were at a, a holiday resort and we just connected our tables and just started sharing. That are some of the best conversations, by the way. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. wasn't it just they were having a hoot. We were having a hoot. Yeah. And we had a couple of glasses of wine. But he was amazing. He he really <laughs> is before he came to being to pass Pali, he was senior in the Woolworths group and mm-hmm. so forth. But he was he is very values led. Uh, you know, he could reach into his wallet and pull out their values card as a company for CEO Pass Pali Pearls. So he did a couple of radical things. He stopped paying salespeople commission. Yeah, and I've, I've stopped, heard this more and more lately. Yeah, he stopped calling the shop front, the retail place. He started calling it home. Hmm. And so, and he did a bunch of things like that, talking about, hey, we're not trying to sell. Yeah. We're trying to connect. If someone's walking into one of our homes, okay, they're coming in because they want to have something precious that is potentially going to become an heirloom in the family. Yeah. Can you imagine how you cheapen it by going, let's go, right, versus let me connect with you. What are you thinking? What can we do here, you know, and putting the customer first in that way and taking all that kind of pressure off. You know what, the product, I'm not saying, you, you know, commission deals are bad. I think they've built something over decades that, People come to, it's well known, they're walking in the door anyway, you know, so you're not really, you know, the attraction is there, okay? Yeah. But your conversion tool is actually to seek first, hey, Jim, you know, seven habits, you know, seek first to understand before being understood. And so Mm. connect first, understand first, you know, those principles, they're timeless in any sale, Yes, but here's that. I think this is the other piece of that, that we often have, okay, so sales and then the commission. So we're building a culture that says, hey, because you're in sales and every time you make something, it's worth more. And I wonder how, and I've always thought this, you know, it's a bit of a conversation that I've had with someone that you you know and I know around this whole topic because it is something that is very easy and it's kind of culturally that we've put salespeople and we go, you've got to pay them this high amount. And then every time they sell something, it's really important. But then they almost gets this prestige. Well, the only reason that you are doing or getting where you need to is because I'm putting those sales on the table. And I always, you know, having been involved with many big organizations, especially where they've put events on. Do you know what? The thing that they remember or I remember is if you walk in, it can be the most amazing speakers on the stage. It can be the most amazing, you know, gift bags, booklets, workbooks, whatever it is. But I tell you, if that bathroom is not clean and there's something wrong in there, you will hear about that nonstop. I think it's it's so true. You know, there's I, a, a funny story, in my, I did, in my postgrad studies, my mm-hmm. lecturer in my final year, we did a ne- negotiation subject 
she was the lead negotiator for Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah. And she, it was by far my, my, still to this day, I parrot things that she said. Don't credit <laughs> her and I claim all the credit. But, yeah, she was always very good about talking about, you know, the same thing about those little details making a difference in, a, in an interaction. And Well, you know, reality, that- I just got to say on that, reality is if those little details don't happen, hmm. that whole event would be ruined from those yeah. moments because where do we go to the bathroom? How do we? Like yeah. it's, it's not even that they make a difference. It, hmm. And it's the same in the sales going back to that within our culture of our organisations. They hmm. are a part of an ecosystem and I believe every yeah. single person is part of an ecosystem within an organisation. Yeah. If something yeah. falls apart, it has a domino effect. A million percent. I think that's why the happiness system is something Yeah, that I think it's brilliant. Because if you don't do that right, it's true, you only celebrate the guys bringing in the deals, right? Whereas an operations person... You know what their yeah. job is? Don't stuff it up. Yeah, well, exactly. guess what? Guess what? You can never overachieve, don't stuff it up. A salesperson can have a target <laughs> and overachieve. An operations yeah. person can never overachieve, right? They've got to hit perfection yeah. because it's don't stuff it up and anything below. So what becomes the leadership default is you stuffed up if you made a mistake. Yeah. So having, you know, even just something this, if there's someone that's wanting something practical that, that I do with the guys I coach, you know, every Monday, run a session called Special Mentions. You can do this just on a, a piece of paper or an Excel document and then just have some characters. So we've got Wonder Woman, Daisy Duck, <laughs> Borat, Terminator, Coyote, right? Wonder Woman, you know, or Buzz Lightyear taking us to infinity and beyond. Yeah. Uh, Borat, very nice, I like. Caring like a mother duck, whatever it might be. And then you score the pitcher and the catcher. So if we're in a... If we're in a mm. You run the meeting, yeah. hey guys, special mentions, anyone's got it. And I just go, I've got one for Kiri, Kiri Marie. I want to give her Wonder Woman because of the consistent way that she's shown up and mm-hmm. building an audience in the early days when no one was listening but still showing up. Yeah. So Kiri Marie gets a point mm. on the scoreboard as a catcher. I get a point as a pitcher. Then we go around and Coyote is for the person that tried really hard and it still didn't work. Hmm. So you begin to make fun of mistakes and then it's like Bob goes, I'm Bob, I want to give Simon the Coyote Award because, mate, did that server blow up and, man, did that cause a big storm, right? And wow. so I pitch, someone else catches. At the end of your period, whether it's the six-plus-two-week cycle or what we were doing back then was the 90 days, you count up the pitches and the catches. They get a dinner for voucher for two at your, your your end of cycle review, and the condition is is that for them to claim the voucher, they have to take a photo and send it to the company social system. So you force them to brag, right? Yeah, I love that. Social beings, but that happiness thing, we're rewarding not just the people that receive it, but the happiest people on the planet actually give thanks. Yeah. We think the happiest people receive thanks. The happiest people give it because when you give it, you feel what? Grateful. Yeah, yeah. But guess what? It's that flow on because I bet you're not just in the company. It was those that came and, you know, had any touch points with you guys that this became an on-flow. It's interesting. I, I love the whole happiness indicator. I met and spent time with amazing. He was the former president of Bhutan. and. I do not know if you know, but they talk about the happiness indicator. That that's actually what he did for the country, created this mm. the happiness indicator for the country. And yeah. one of the things, and I'll never forget this story, but he goes, We've got the open policy for prison. And I was like, What do you mean? And he mm. goes, Well, if someone goes, say their father goes into prison, the whole mm. family come into prison and there's open doors. Wow. Yeah. Because they actually realised that we could, you know, go punish the Mm. father for what it was, but actually this Mm. does not sort anything out. It doesn't change the culture. It doesn't change what is the problem that maybe he ended up in there in the first place. And then the domino effect of how that affected families. Phenomenal results as a country Mm. uh, from that. And he's yeah, the most I, beautiful guy, by the way, too. 
that's inspiring. And you know, yeah. and that's it. This is why these conversations are courageous. And I think, I think for anyone watching or listening this later, like it's easy to tell someone else what they should do. Oh, you should listen mm. to that guy and do it for the country. And if someone's listening to this, they could well be a, a senior manager or a business owner. Yeah. Okay. It's not up for someone to do it. It's for you to make that courageous step. I think the thing is, is that there are, I can I can say is you won't be the only one doing it. But to bring this into your company and understanding what happiness means, right? So when you first hear it, happiness isn't you do whatever you want. Like I want my kids to be happy. If I set no boundaries, no goals, no accountability, no reason, right? No, 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 they're not happy, right? They're directionless and directionless people are unhappy. They don't feel like they've got a foundation. And so it's always like, what is going to build happiness? You know what? The number one thing that your team want, it's not money, it's progression. Yes. So you'll actually make them happier if you can help them progress. Mm-hmm. And I describe it this way. I go, hey, guys, look, if you want to play suburban football, don't turn up for training. You're still going to run on the park on Saturday. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to play A-grade league, then it means if you don't show up for training, you're not going to get a run. And at the top level, yeah. it even means that, you know what, you're going to sign something in the contract. It even talks about your social media. So the best in the planet are held more accountable, not less. The best on the planet mm. have more goals, more foundation, more feedback, not less. Whereas if you don't want to be the best in the planet, you actually don't want to be pushed, right? You want to be left alone. Yeah. Federer has got a coach. He wants to be pushed, yeah. right? And so I think, and so we would just say, so where do you want to play? If you want to play suburban league, that's not how we're playing. Nothing wrong with that. We don't make a judgment on that. But we believe in excellence is going to build something in you called just that sense of you developing. The older you're getting, looking at yourself in the mirror, being proud yeah. of what you've learned, what you've developed. And more important, how is, you know, you talk about flow and effects. How has your excellence benefited, you know, mm-hmm. you know something that you're passionate about, humanity? Yeah. And how do you create margin? You, you cannot, you know, how do you create margin in your life and expertise in your life so you can begin to help other people? And so, yeah, that's, you know, that's just, you know, because some people might be listening and go, oh, happy, what's that? It's not It's not just a free fruit bowl. It's not a free I know, bowl. but this is what a lot of people do. And I just love the fact that you have given so many examples of where it is not fluff, this whole happiness. We, mm-hmm. we as a human being, if we just... Think about us as a human being right now. Mm. One of the things we want is to feel happy, Mm. to help to make others feel happy. Like it's Mm. not fluff. It's a Mm. value that most human beings, if you're normal, Mm. whatever normal is, Mm. that you probably are quite happy to make people Mm. feel happy, right? Like so why are we not bringing some of these things, whether it's happiness, whether it's, you know, if we just even think of the physical body, when we're not feeling or looking after our bodies, then when bringing that into the workplace, we're going to probably be quite sluggish. We're going to probably yeah. feel no energy. This mm. is going to have a massive effect on yeah. what we bring. So yeah. we know this in our head. We know mm. it outside of the company, mm. the organisation. Why mm. then is this such a tough conversation because mm. this is a, actually a tough conversation in many organisations to put yeah. it on the table as priority. And that's where I go back mm-hmm. to humanity as stakeholders because when we think of humans first, we have mm. to think of or in every decision we make, mm. how sustainable is it if you're not feeling happy? How sustainable is it no. if you're doing these long, crazy hours you get mm. home and then you've got to work really hard or there's massive stresses going on at home and you've mm. got to bring that 24-7. Like, yeah. it's not. Yeah, and I think, you know, why are we here? It's, it, you know, you think about cognitive bias. How are you brought up? Yeah. You know, we're brought up with reward and punishment, with carrot and stick. And you know what? I think, you know, if you look at it, you go, I don't blame the previous generations for having scarcity of thinking because no. they went through World War One and Two. Yeah. You know, my, my parents grew up in their village. There's no bark on the trees, right, because everyone's yeah. so hungry they want to put something in their stomach. You go to China, right, the reason you can buy fried scorpion isn't because someone went, what a delicacy. 
It's because the country's <laughs> been famine for decades. Right? Good point. Yeah. Right? And so it's a bit like, well, you can't blame someone that, that they had true scarcity. We yeah. have the benefit in our generation where we don't have true scarcity. For those that, you know, if you want to be in the top 10% of the world's rich, you need a yeah. million Aussie dollars. If you have a net worth of a million Aussie dollars, you are in the top 10% of the wealthy. In wow. Australia, the average Australian household has more than that. So the average Australian mm -hmm. is in the top percent of the world's, world's wealthy. So I think there's a way that we've got. So I don't blame. We are in a position no. of abundance. And yep. so now it's a gift. So you don't go, I'm so sophisticated, you're so whatever. It's yeah. like we have been given a gift. The reason why the poorest, why there's, there's you know, when we talk about the poorest of the poor, there's less of them, 7 billion on the planet in total there's less poor of the poor why because the economies are lifting not because we're getting great at sponsored children yeah. Right. yeah but it's china and india's economy is lifting and as that water is rising the boats are flowing up more so for most if you're listening here you are in a position of abundance it's a gift given to you by the country that you're in the generations before you no doubt the choices you've made to become mm great margin but now that you've got this abundance what are you going to do with it yeah and if you're a scarcity thinker your goal in life is going to go i'm going to pick up seashells on the beach mm. if you're an abundance thinker you're going to say this i have been blessed beyond measure yeah much is given much is expected what are we going to do with the wealth that we have you know, just a quick one on a 100x, right? What's it based on? It's based on it's about a percentage return or a multiple return, not on a dollar return. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who, who had a senior role at a not-for-profit organisation, he's in a slum in India. He's doing the icebreaker and he's saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And everybody, boy, girl, young, or old, they're all giving the same occupation. They're all saying wow. electrician. And he's so wow. confused. Right? Why does everyone want to be an electrician? Because usually he's hearing doctor, lawyer, teacher, astronaut. Mm. And he says, why is everyone saying electrician? And this group of kids point up to the sky, all of them, oh. and they say, because one day, because as they look at the power lines that go over their slum and feed the power mm. to the people, one day I'm going to learn to bring power from the sky to my home. <laughs> that is yeah. the 100x attitude. Let me do the other side, okay? Well, think about this. We all know people that have means, yes. okay, that don't have meaning and their lives are meaningless. We know people that squander their wealth trying to think wealth is going to make them happy and you know what? You look at their lives and you go, it's sad. And you put that person with means and you put it next to those kids in that slum, you yeah. tell me which one you're inspired by. I can tell you this, it's not money. Yeah. It's this, I am going to leave a mark. I am going to make the place better. I am going to help others. What are you going to do with the tremendous wealth that you already have? It's yeah. confronting. It's confronting, but it's exciting. I actually find it like you're just getting me really excited about the whole, and this is because I always, you know, it's, I cannot tell you how many times I get asked or told, but oh, I'm just going to grow my business, my organization, and then I'm going to make an impact. Do you yeah. know how many times I hear that? So, yeah. so many. Yeah. And I keep saying, no, because every decision you make at the table, is having an impact. Yeah. In yeah. other words, what's already in your hands that you've already got <clears throat> and what are you doing with it, which is what you're saying. So for me, this gets me excited because <clears throat> I go, yes, another human that has got this out focus, not just in focus. I think we have yeah. got a culture that has created a lot of people who are very selfish. And I think one <clears throat> of the bonuses of what has happened across the world right now with the pandemic has meant that where people were building their own kingdoms, we're building mm. their own things, mm. all of a sudden they're going, oh, mm. maybe I need to think about my neighbour. 
Maybe I need to think about beyond today and me. And I think one of the things that you have done well and you continue to do well, and honestly, I think it is the future of leadership is those that can think more in the future as well. In other words, we can't change the past. All of us have had those moments where there has been something done against us, that something has happened that has hurt, that we've made failures, we've made mistakes, whatever it is, right? Every single one of us, I'm sure you're included in this. I am, right? But here's the thing, we can't change that past. We can live in the presence, but we have to create knowing that we are moving towards something, like you said earlier. So then we have to start thinking, how is this going to bring some change for the future? And I think that there is not everyone I'm learning is able to actually think more in the future. So where does that come from in your thinking? How do you do that better? What does that look like for you when I talk about that? Two parts. I mean, the first one you talked about, people that go, once I've got this, then I'll be generous. The thing is money is a magnifier. There's two stories that are real to this. A book called The Billionaire That Wasn't. It's about um, the guy who started the discount duty-free stores that you see in the airport, downtown duty-free, Chuck Feeney. He was reported multiple times in Forbes magazine as one of the top 20 richest people on the planet. The publication was wrong because Chuck Feeney at that time had anonymously been giving away his billions. Mm, Wow. Um, And so that's what he's doing. He's actually the one that inspired Gates and Zuckerberg to start the the pledge, the giving pledge. Wow. So it was because of his example of secretly giving away, and eventually it all came out, that that Gates met up with um, Chuck Feeney and got inspired to do the giving pledge. So that's a great story, right? Here's someone that's gone, this Mm. is what I'm doing. Now, guess what? His goal of giving it away, you know, the things that he's given away to um, and he invested in, never thinking he was going to get return back, have all gone really well and he's everything (laughs) back. I love that. I love Um, that. But here's here's another thing. Because guess why I love it? Because Mm. when I know that someone who already has given, when there's more there, they're going to give more. That's why I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Now listen to the other side of that. Yeah. Uh, a guy called a German billionaire called Adolf Murkoff. Hmm. He tried to short the VW stock. It didn't go the way. He lost X number of billions of dollars. He's no longer the fourth richest man in Germany. He's now the 12th. Yeah. His world ranking has got this. You know what he does? What? He writes a letter, puts it in his top left pocket, and puts his head down on a railway track. Hmm. Money will Mm. magnify who you are. As you get old, age will magnify who you are. You know, you see older people and you go, why are you so grumpy? They don't go, I hope to be a grumpy person one day. They just got a little bit older and they tried to run their life in a way where everything was comfortable. And then when everything wasn't comfortable, the annoyances grew over years. And so age and money magnify who you are. So that's kind of this piece on generosity. The second one you talked about mm. is the kind of the wounds from the past. What do we do? Yeah. I often say to people is that some of the things that you think are coming against you, if you frame it right, you'll realise they're actually coming for you. Yeah. And I love it, that. There are things where you go, I'm going to achieve in spite of, I'm going to mm. impact in spite of, where I go, you know what? I believe you're going to impact because of. Well, what's an yeah. example of that? I'm uh, working with a senior female executive, kind of her next step is CEO. She's she's working in a large organisation. And she says, oh, I could never be CEO. I don't have my MBA. I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. And she's saying she's disqualifying all the reasons, right? Now, guess what? I didn't say to her, you're going to show them. Yeah. Not in spite of. I just said, this is why I think you are going to be a fantastic leader. You know why? You're the, you're the person. You can present well, but you're the one that tells me the stories when you're overseas and you got chatting to someone randomly in the bar over margaritas and yeah. they ended up being this type of person and it led on to X, Y, Z. I go, you're the person that can connect with people at any level, 
right? Mm. So it's not in spite of, it's because you came from those side yeah. of the track that gives you the insight to have the feet on the street. And that's why you're going to be a CEO and a leader that's known as someone yeah. that's connected who knows what's going on. And you know why that's important competitively? It's not the no longer in the economy. It's no longer the big that beat the small. It's yes. the fast that beat the slow. This is why data is so important. This is why you as a leader need to know what's going on the ground. And I'm going, this is why it's you. Because <laughs> all, the, all those PhDs, well, they're mm. great at maybe running their division, but what we want is a number one leader, not a number one, two leader. We need a leader where the buck stops with, and you're the lead, that's it. Because So it's not in spite of, it's because of. Yeah, and some that. of the things that people think, you know, I mean, it's the old stoic quote, right? The obstacle is the way. Or <laughs> in biblical terms, it's the thorn in the flesh. Yeah. Okay? It's those types of things that you think are a pain and just get it out of my life, but dealing with that builds something else, right? Like you think about all the resilience you get. What does it come from? Hard times. Absolutely. Understanding, you know, etc. And then you know what you say when you overcome those hard times? Like I can look you in the eye and go, I've had a really tough two years. Yeah. You know, and I was tempted to go, you know what, I'm never going to work again. I'm going to hang it all up. I'm going to sit my fat Asian ass with my crops. That's right. You know? Just sit and back you, under the sun, you, under that palm tree. Exactly. And glass of wine. Be, and I knew it would be meaningless, but I just, yeah. you know, I was exhausted. I had a tough two years. You know what? I can I look did. you in the eye and I can say mm-hmm. this. I'm still standing. You are. You know what? But you're not just still standing. Exactly. And this is what I really exactly. want to. I'm moving. Yeah. And whether you yeah. live small or large, someone's going to misunderstand you, misjudge yeah. you. We're going to take yeah, your totally. bed and make it the worst. Whether you live small or large. So right now we're at the decision table. The word mm. decide comes from the Greek word, which means cut off. Mm. So right now this decision table are you going to choose to live small or choose to live large? Yeah. Only you can make the call. Yeah. You know, and that's what I just encourage encourage people. I love that. You know what? I love it with everything about me because, you know, I know that every decision we have, we make, is a decision that's going to have an impact of some sort, whether it's the close ones that you love, that you surround yourself with, whether it's in your organisation, whether it's out in the world. Like you do not know who is listening, who is watching. And I think that, you know, one of the things you said was earlier on in the conversation was being about being conscious. And I think this is so, and for me, it's like being intentional in the decisions that we make at the table and about who that's about and and actually think about is this going to add benefit and in my case it's to human race or not and I think that even if we take that to another step part of that is going we can't change what has happened to the human race in the past there is much that has happened right many decisions that have happened that break my heart the injustices that has happened to the human race Yet I cannot change what has happened. I can learn from it. I can ensure that I am making decisions that are going to add value to it and I need to go at the table. And this is where I go back because here's the thing, and we've talked about some amazing things as we've continued on this table, but, you know, a lot of it is extremes. In other words, you go, we can play small, we can play big. That's an extreme. When I talk about humanity, people freak out because they go, yeah, humanity is stakeholders. And I go, guess what? You, you, Peter, me, Kiri Murray, we are humanity. So that brings it right back to here. And so every decision we make has an impact. And we can choose from today what that impact's going to look like, how big we want to play in bringing even a bigger impact or not. It's a choice, right? I mean, I think you've got it in that, you know, that scroll bar at the bottom that says all through the lens of ownership. Yeah. And something I say is ultimate responsibility. You can only be ultimately responsible for yourself and you can only let other people be responsible for themselves. So, you know, if people have gone through hurt and it's been generational hurt, well, Mm -hmm. my responsibility is to be patient 
with them as they deal with that hurt. And their responsibility is in the time they choose and in the way they choose is to let it go. So it's not my responsibility to say let it go. It's my responsibility to say let it go only to me. And so, I think, you know, like you said, it's in humanity. Humanity is about empathy. And so, you know, empathetically, I go, I can't understand. I can get glimpses of what you've gone through historically. Mm. The only thing I can do in this piece is do what I can do. And so, and I think ownership is going to be different for different people. Like for some people, politicking, you know, is part of the ownership they do. They're, they're into that. And that's, you know what, great things have happened on the world due to politics. The fact that, well, officially the slave trade was abolished by William Wilberforce in England, mm. that was through politics. That bill got re- repelled multiple times. Yeah. You know, through politics, through politicking, he was able to abolish the slave law. So great things happen through politics and through public opinion. I'm not a politician. And no. so the only thing I can take no, ownership, right? The only thing I can take ownership for is thank you for the people that are trying to politic in a way that is empathy driven and humanity driven. And all I can do, I'm a business person. And so what the way that I can play part is solutions through business. That's the way I play. And it's no better or no worse than a politician or a lobbyist. You know, and I think, you know, when we see ourselves as common humanity, that's when we get grace, right? So we go out on punish them and stone them. You know why? No. We do that when we don't have common humanity, you know. And, again, there's that old biblical story, right? You know what happens? Just a quick one. It's super cool, right? Jesus, he's there. And all these righteous dudes bring up this woman caught in adultery. Mm. Now, can you imagine catching someone in adultery? Yeah. That's a bit of a setup to me, right? And he, and then they're going, hey, the law says stone them. What do you say? We're going to stone yeah. them. And everyone's like, yeah, they're whipping into a frenzy, getting ready to stone this girl. Notice a couple of things. The man's not there. Mm. Only the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Yeah. You know what Interesting. He's quiet. Mm. I imagine he kind of just picks up a stick and draws a pattern in the sand. Mm. And everyone's like, ah, ah, and he's quiet. And then he says, why don't you let the person who's done no wrong cast the first stone? Yeah. And everyone in that group, they've got rocks in their hand. <laughs> and they think yeah. about that situation and yeah. they slowly drop it and they walk away. And now it's only Jesus and this woman caught in adultery. He's by himself now and he says, is there anyone to condemn you? Yeah. Is there anyone to judge you? And you know what? She says, no. And she goes, guess what? Neither do I. Go in peace. That's when you talk about that's humanity, right? It's humanity going, you know what? We all have the same fears. Yeah. When we take a dump, it stinks. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, it certainly does. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we're, all, we're all more similar than you think. And I think, yeah. and also in some ways, you know, we're hopefully that gives us a humility as we lead. Your audience are massive influencers, yeah. have an enormous potential to do good. Mm-hmm. There's no judgment. There's just this great opportunity. You know what? Much is given, much is expected. We have a lot. There's tremendous opportunities to make a difference. I've chatted with you. I know you've done some amazing work in developing nations. What's the buzz there? What's the, How do you feel when your kids come and see something and see something change, right? It changes you. Like everyone thinks about how it changes them. Okay, it does, but, man, it changes you. No, Maybe. I always say, you know, all the work that I've done over the years, all the times that we've gone into those moments where we've given into maybe communities that we know they don't have the access to the things that we do and we bring things in, I tell you every time, that we have done something like that and our kids have been a part of it, we have gone back with more. We have gone back with more. Yes, it has been amazing for the villagers. Yes, it's been amazing for whatever. But I know as a person, and and it's funny because I was just looking at photos today because I was needing it for something, and going through many moments of different countries and, you know, those moments and watching the kids as they were growing up and I was just remembering some of those things, those uh-huh. really simple acts uh-huh. that you and I could take for granted. Uh-huh. But when you do that in a place where uh-huh. that is not the norm, 
Mm. Oh, it changes the world. It yeah. really does. And and it's those simple things, again, mm. that can change such an extreme. Mm. It's those simple things of maybe giving access to the woman of a village and she then knows how to bring income into the village and it changes the whole village. That's where it goes from these, you know, very extreme concepts, problems, issues, solutions that we need to come up with to going it comes really simply back. How are we choosing? What does that look like? Hey, Peter, I want to say before I even you know, go to my last question. I want to make sure before we close off on that is where do people go to find out more about what you're doing and what's happening in your world? I just want to make sure I don't forget that because this conversation is just so good and we could talk for hours, by the way. Yeah, sure. 100x.com.au. And even on the website, there's an opportunity to book a meeting directly with me. Like I I'm, I throw it out freely because I know the type of people that will be listening out here. So, look, love to have a chat and connect. Yeah, I love that. And I just love, I love what you're doing and I love what you continue to do and how you're growing that and what that's looking like. And you have just the wisdom that you have that you've gathered from the years of just doing the work and thinking about the next solution has Mm. given you so many beautiful insights that I think, you know, anyone that's smart and wants to do it smarter, like you're the man to to go find out more about. I really do believe that. Like you've got some in the heart of what you have beyond that is just amazing. So I'm always thankful for people like you in the world because it gives me hope that there is a hope for the future of the next generations to come, right? It really, truly does. So it has come to... And you've listened to a couple of these, so you know, but it has come to the one question that I do ask of everyone on the decision table. And that is, what are you taking from today's conversation? Mm. That's a great question. I think I'm going to continue to walk and breathe. I'm not going to puff and puff and run. I'm going to be led, not driven. And, yeah, I think think this is it. And I know that sounds almost counterintuitive, right, because we've got this piece and we want to run and charge ahead, but... You know, one thing I'm kind of aware about is, you know, I want to be led. I don't want to be driven. Yeah. Tell me more about that led. Tell me so I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, look, I think, you know, some people might say subconscious mind and and a bunch of other things, but I think who and why trumps what and how and who Mm -hmm. and what. And so, you know, the world's going to ask you two questions. Who are you and what are you doing here? And if you don't have an answer, it's going to tell you. And I, I know as humans, we want to impact more than we want to be impacted, right? We want, to, we want to positively create things. And so if we don't know who we are or why we're here, then I think that's going to, you know, change things. So for me, my identity and purpose comes in, in a belief that I believe we've got a heavenly father. And that is, again, practical Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial experience. I'll give you an example. If you're a parent out there and you take your kids to a new place and they're scared, what do they do? Cling. They cling to your legs. Then what happens? They're clinging to your legs. They look up at you. They survey the scene. And when they feel safe with the Mm -hmm. overview of their mother or father, they explore. Yeah. So... For you as an entrepreneur, what would be the decisions that you make differently if you believed you were deeply, truly loved and protected? You'd make decisions differently. Great question, yeah. So, you know, the God you perceive is the God you receive. If you think God's a judge, then you're going to receive judgment. Yeah. You know, the major theme I see is there's someone who's a father. He loves you more than you know. And if you if you just felt loved, if you just felt safe and protected, you'd make your decisions differently, right? Faith and fear ask the same question. They both say, what if this happens tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. If you understood you're loved, you'll make it more with faith over fear. So that's the first one. I believe there's a father. The second one is I believe there's a king. And this king has given you a mission. Mm. Before you were born, you know, if I can leave you with this and just resonate with it. And, again, if you've got cognitive bias, just 
just entertain it and chuck it if you don't like it. But this old proverb, and it's awesome, it says this, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm. Before you were born, I set you apart for a higher purpose. Yeah. If the old Hebrew proverb is true, it's saying this, before sperm hit egg, I knew you. This means <laughs> before you came into physical being, I knew you. You know what this means? You've got a soul. And I think if anyone's honest deep down, they might explain it away, but that's fine. But for me, I go, I believe I've got a soul. I believe I've got questions that are more than atoms. And so you were known in your soul. Yeah. And then it says, before you came out of your mother's womb, I set you apart for a higher purpose. What if you believe now, putting those two mm. together, you are loved intimately more than you know. You mm. are guided and you're protected and that you have a mission that is, higher than you'd ever think, that there's people that you haven't even thought about that are counting on you, that, you know what, you can see some of the people counting on you, customers, suppliers, team. Mm. You know what? There's a way you lead the people, your team, Mm. that's looking at you. They're watching you, how you respond under stress and under pressure. They're watching your motivations for growth. They're seeing how you make things better for them and for others, and as you do that, you inspire other people. And I think they're kind of the pieces that I want to do. So they're the things when I go, I want to be led, not driven, because driven mm. is inspiring, man. Like, ah, you know, so I'm listening out for the whisper. I'm listening out for the whisper. When the opposition comes, I'm listening out for the whisper yeah. from, the, from a perfectly loving father that goes, you got this. I love you. Every day I've got an app. Ask four questions. What are you grateful for? Yeah. What do you believe God's saying to you? Mm. What do you pray for or help? What are you believing for? We do that with our kids. So you know what? Sometimes that voice is, I'm proud of you, man. Mm. I know you could have did it there and you didn't. Just go. Maybe just go, if there is someone out there that loves me to bits, mm. what would you be saying right now? Uh, you know, just I, I know we're out of time. One more thing that I get people it's to okay. do. It's okay. We're good. We're good. Uh, you're right. I get people often to go, if you're a mother or father, pick one of your kids, just one. Write them the last letter. Write them the last word you'll ever say to them. Mm-hmm. You know what you're hearing? I'm People have written things like, I'll never forget the day that you came into my yeah. world. As you breathed your first breath out, I breathed you in. Mm. And they're going to say this, and I'm so proud of the man that you've grown up to yeah. be. You are kind. So there's going to be those things. I can tell you every single time something that's not in there. Hmm. It is never condemnation. Yeah. It is never, hey, bro, you keep tripping up and, hey, let's try not to trip up, okay? That's a bit sucky. So all the condemnation we put on ourselves and ourselves, right, so you as a human would love your kids and your last words will be, I'm Mm -hmm. proud of you. Yeah. And I want to see you fly. I'm not scared of your big dreams. Nice. I'm not scared of the impact you're going to create. Mm. So that's what I say. You know, you know what? And that's what I just want to entertain. Mm. Okay. What if there was someone that loved you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Decisions are d- done differently. Conversations are done differently. Mm. I love that. You know, the thing that I'm taking from today is all the reminders the reminders of things that, you know, just with the past, like it's funny you bring up some biblical stories and they are like ones that made such an impression on me. You know, you said about that he, you know, he knows you before you were even formed and that yeah. you had a higher purpose. Mm. Do you know, I kept that close to my heart for many, 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 many years yeah. because I could have easily had been not born because I was born to a 16-year-old. And I don't take that lightly. And that doesn't, that hasn't been an easy journey for me. And it wasn't something that was a friendly journey, if you know what I mean. Like it was, there was toughness in that. But I have to say that at those crossroads, there was always those moments that I had a choice. I could make a decision. And I would be reminded that I could go this way or that I had a higher purpose and that if I 
have a higher purpose, why am I still alive today? It must be for some reason. And I think that some of the things that you've brought up through this conversation has reminded me of why those things were so important, why I've kept going and to keep going no matter who I think is listening or not listening. And we don't know who we're helping, serving, or has made an impact just by having a conversation like today. We really, truly don't. And the other one was this. As a young girl, and I never really understood it except as I got older, I began to really unpack why did I do this. But I used to pray as a young girl growing up and then through my younger 20s and 30s, until I continue, like it just has not stopped. But I was the one prayer that I remember more than ever that I prayed was, Can I have the wisdom of Jesus? And the reason I prayed that was because I lacked so much in my confidence as a young girl growing up. I lacked so much in who I was as what can I bring? I'm just Kiri Marie. I don't have all the letters after my name, the credibility to some of the things that I do in my world today, yet I do it. And, you know, so there was a lot of doubt and lack of and not giving myself permission. And I, so I was quite broken as a young girl, but I would pray this prayer. I just want the wisdom greater than, I used to say greater than King Solomon and mm. the wisdom that Jesus, because I wanted mm. to be able to say those words like mm. he did, like the story you said today. And, mm. you know, like I used to go, that that one with the coin, and, it, you know, he was challenged, you know, mm. um, who do you give this to? And he goes, give unto Caesar that is Caesar's and, and unto God that is God. And for me, I was mm. like, wow, I want to be able to be mm. in situations, have mm. conversations with people and be mm. able to have those moments where I know what to say and yeah. I know what not to say sometimes as well, mm. right? And, so and, thank and you for those reminders. That's it. You're a living testimony, you know, and I think if everyone's, if, and I think if anyone's listening here and they're doubting mm. themselves that way, you know, there's something that helps me. The truth of God trumps mm. the facts of this world. <laughs> the facts might Powerful. Show, Powerful. The facts might say you're not qualified. The facts <laughs> might say you've made too many mistakes. The yeah. facts might say that you're not of good speech. The truth of God says this, I love you. Yeah. I have dreams bigger than you can think or imagine. I want the best for you. I want mm. the best for others. I love you so much. Yeah. And the things that you think have been coming against you, I'm going to use for you. The troubles you've had in the past, I'm going to give you double for trouble. You know, the time when it feels dry, I will repay with goodness. Mm. You know what? The promise is the process. It doesn't happen like that. Like if you listen to it and go, where is it? Like he's not a genie. But when you understand. <laughs> I used to hope he was, by the way. Yeah. The promise <laughs> is the process. Yeah. I've been saying this, like you've talked about hard times, mm. you know, we'll, we'll end it yeah. here. But I've been saying this all my life. Even when times mm. were tough, I would go, I am one of the most blessed men on the planet. And it's Absolutely. more than manifestation. It's like I'm going to make decisions yeah. where I take ultimate responsibility, ultimate ownership to do what I can do so God can do what he cannot do. And mm. when I do that, I've been pleasantly surprised. And you are a living testimony of that, Thank you know. You. And so this is you. And now yeah. and listening here, this is all of us. This is all of us that yeah. the building blocks can be uniquely shaped in such a way that all those hardships are going to be used for the good. And, yes. yeah, I hope that's an encouragement for people. Oh, I just love I love the birds in the background, by the way, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, Woo, that kid is getting mind. on with this whole conversation as well, right? Like they're just joining in. Yeah, right. I love the fact that you've brought, you know, growth comes from us having this conversation, having this mm you know, listening to what you're saying there and bringing in in today's world where there is lots of brokenness, where there is hurt, there is like in some ways there's scarcity mindsets, there's all these different things. And today I love the conversation. You have brought such, you know, hope, I believe, to the future that we can live consciously today knowing that we're not on our own here and that there is a much 
there is much of hope in moving forward. And in fact, if we refocus going right back to that big conversation around the happiness indicator, mm. you know, where is that happiness coming from? What mm. does that need to look like for mm. you? And I love how you've shared, you know, so much, so many droplets of wisdom. So thank oh, you. Thank Appreciate you, you so you. much. Love you. Love All you. Right. Love and you. And I yeah. love you, man. Even though well, don't run away. Me. Don't run away quite yet. I'm going to finish this broadcast. Okay. But, yeah, thank you. Appreciate thank you. you and everything that you stand for. Thank you very much. Love you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.